Welcome to the Crossings Church Podcast, where we connect people to God and others. And now, here's this week's message. Well, good morning. Isn't it cool to just get together with people that love Jesus and worship Him? Um, It was just a cool thing, just saying. Well, we're honored today. Um, It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Let's say that. And uh, today, Jamie Kemp was supposed to be in to uh, share with us. He's our missionary from Indonesia. And he called me, said, leadership responsibilities. He's been tapped on the shoulder to lead some areas there. Uh, Forced him to take some meetings, and he couldn't make it. But he said, hey, we have one of our uh, team members is actually in Flagstaff right now uh, named Lauren. And she'd be willing to come down and share a little bit about what's happening in Indonesia. I said, of course. So I uh, talked to Lauren, and uh, Lauren's a very pleasant young lady, and she came down yesterday, and we put her in our room. If you've ever been to our house, our front room, Cindy's really done up very nicely, and that's where our guests stay. And there's kind of an ongoing fight, you know, different families that come in, they write their name in chalk on the, on the door, and they say, that's my room, and that's my room. Well... Here's something I did that's awful to Cindy's great room. I stored some food in the closet, some rice and beans, you know, for the zombie apocalypse. And it went bad. Somehow something got to it and it went bad. And it literally ate a hole in the bottom of a plastic action packer into the carpet. It smelled like someone died in there. And we did that for Lauren's, uh, so she feels like she's still in the mission field. Uh, Want to see how tough she was. Go in there. Have a nice rest while you fight for your life. So I'm going to invite Lauren to come up. And we just love this girl already. Um, Lauren Dijon Batista. I'm getting so good at saying that word, her last name. Yes, thank you so much for letting me come change out Jamie. He's kind of a tough act to follow sometimes. So thank you for inviting me. Um, My name is Lauren Dijon Batista. And I'm a missionary to Indonesia. I work alongside of a team, and we're committed to reaching the next generation. And so we specifically reach out to the college students of Indonesia. And so a little bit about myself. I'm originally from Southern California, but I made the jump to Arizona for college. I went to NAU. I studied zoology. I did graduate. And then I went to Indonesia. And I just loved Indonesia. I loved working with the Kemp's. And so a little bit about Indonesia, it's an island nation, it's in Asia, so if you look at Australia, it's right above Australia, there's about 17,000 islands, and that's Indonesia. It's about 240 million people live there, it's the fourth largest country in the world, you got China, India, US, then Indonesia. And what I found interesting about Indonesia is that it's the largest Muslim country in the world that around 200 million Muslims live in Indonesia, and it's more than the Middle East combined. And so when I joined a part of the ministry, we wanted to reach out to the Muslims, and so we didn't want to start a church because most Muslims won't go to a church. So Jamie decided to start an English center because we spoke English. And so it just made sense. And so as we came along and it's grown, we're now seeing around 200 uh, Muslim young students coming through the English Center every week through tutoring, study groups. We have English Bible studies, and we also have a large outreach community, um, but it's a discussion-based community where we talk about issues of faith and relevant topics for the youth. 
And so we really believe that Indonesia is going to be the first Muslim-majority country to come to Christ. And one way we want to commit to see that happening is by reaching the next generation, because they are the future of Indonesia. They'll be the future leaders in their villages, in their homes, um, wherever they go, that they can take Jesus with him. And so I live in the city of Jogja. It's a true student city. It's not also, it's not in the jungle. I don't live in the jungle. <laughs> it's, a, it's a city of about four million people, and most of it is college students. So you can meet a lot of people from all over Indonesia come to Jogja to study. And so you can kind of, it's like a mini Indonesia in one city, which is pretty cool. And so I really believe that Jesus is moving among the, the Muslim young students, that his promise uh, that he speaks in Luke 10, verse 2, that the harvest is great, is true over Indonesia, is true over the Muslim students, that he's working, drawing him towards, drawing them towards himself, even if they don't realize it. And so one day, um, we had a game night at our English center, and so I was playing spoons, and I met a girl. Her name was Rada. She goes to an Islamic university uh, in Jogja, and we just connected, exchanged numbers, um, but hadn't really hung out after that. Uh, but one day, I, I'm sure we've all fall prey to this, but I was reading my Bible and I was texting. <laughs> I'm sure we all tempted to text sometimes when we see their phone buzzing. So I happened to be reading my Bible and texting Rada at the same time. And she asked me what I was doing, and I told her I was reading my Bible. And her response, it just kind of showed me Jesus is moving. I didn't even really know her that well, but she said that she had a Bible and that she was trying to read it but she didn't know how. And so I just asked her, well, hey, you know, we can practice English together, but read the Bible and talk about it and discuss it. And that kind of just began our friendship, that Jesus is truly moving among the, uh, the Muslim young students, that even without me doing anything, he's working, that it's just he's bringing them to Jesus. And so I want to just invite you to, to be a part of it, to be a part of the vision that we, we don't want to just reach hundreds for Jesus. We want to reach thousands. We want to see Indonesia for Jesus, that we want to see church-based campus ministry across Indonesia, that Indonesians reaching Indonesians. There's a lot of international students in the city of Jogja as well, that how awesome that God would send them to study in, in the largest Muslim country in the world and find Jesus and then take him back. And so that's kind of our heart and our vision, and want to invite you guys to be a part of it, to partake in it, be a shareholder, be a part of the team. Um, and you can do that through prayer, that Indonesia needs your prayers, that Rada needs your prayers, that I believe she won't know Jesus without praying for her because it's a spiritual battle, that I have a prayer card that you can commit to pray. You can go to my website and sign up for newsletters if you'd like to pray more specifically. We also invite you to come, that you can come to Indonesia, share Jesus with people, walk on the campus, meet students, and tell them about Jesus. Or you can partner in through finances, that it's, it's not free to live there, although I wish it was. Uh, but we do live on a budget, and we want to see them come to know Jesus. So you can commit through uh, your faith promises or giving through the Crossing Church. And so thank you so much for this opportunity to get to be here and, and share a little bit about Indonesia. Thank you, Lori. Cindy and I both said this morning, we're kind of glad Jamie couldn't come. <laughs> we love Jamie, but man, uh, she's such an impressive young lady and uh, just honored to be associated with people like uh, Lauren. Uh, we're going to get a chance later to uh, uh, give if you feel moved. Uh, like she said, it's not free there. 
And I think one of the things that uh, Crossings has been blessed to do since its inception is to give to things that can't help this church. It helps us in no way to reach a Muslim college student in Indonesia. They're never going to write a check for Crossings. They're never going to volunteer in our nursery. But there's something about helping somebody, whether it's the train tracks in India, uh, whether it's kids in Mexico, or it's college students in Indonesia. I think God blesses that big time. Uh, so by helping Lauren get back on the field. And what I was really impressed with, first service, she shared a whole different story about another young lady that she's connected with in a whole different way. And uh, I just love what God's doing there. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, I love tools. <laughs> anyway, I can remember growing up never seeing many, like, tools because my my father was an alcoholic and in and out of prison so when you're living that lifestyle hammer chalk line wrenches sockets tools power tools any tool didn't mean so much they weren't really in the house my grandfather on the other side he had a lot of tools he had a shop full of tools and i remember going through there and just rummaging through his tools and looking at power tools and different hand tools and there'd be those tools that i'd pull out to look something like this and i'd ask myself what does that do? How many of you have ever found a tool and you ask yourself that question? Like, what is that thing for? Unfortunately, my grandfather never really sat down and said, hey, this is what this is for. But I learned years later, because I had one of these things laying around, this thing is indispensable. You're not going to drive nails with it. You're not going to cut wood with it. But if you ever have a valve in your shower go bad, you really, really want this around. I had a valve go bad, and I thought, how hard can it be? Try to pull one out without this. You're going to hate your life. I broke wall. I, it was terrible. Till I finally like, figured out, oh, so you put this on there, you screw this in, then you do this. And it just comes out. Amazing. This thing is like gold. Can I say that... For any tool to be effective, first you have to know what it is. If I didn't realize that this is a valve puller, it's just an odd object in a toolbox. And then you have to know how to use it. There has to be some rules as to how does this thing actually work. And then when I know what it is and how to use it, it becomes effective. Then I can actually use the thing. In the body of Christ, there's giftings that's that the Holy Spirit gives to his church. And everybody that loves Jesus, if you're here today and you've said, I commit my life to Jesus, he is my Savior, he's my Lord, something radical happened in you, you were born again, and the Holy Spirit begins to gift you. He gives you gifts. And it's important that we begin to understand what these gifts are in your life and how to use them and then use them. If you don't, it becomes like a useless tool that you're going to look at and say, oh, that's interesting. But if you know what it's for and you know how to use it, it becomes powerful. So I want to talk a little bit about giftings today. Because everybody here that, that's walking with God has them. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. And we're just going to break down some important rules as to identifying what these gifts are. And how to use them uh, so, that we can have, so that we can be useful, 
so that we can avoid misuse. How many know it would be a real misuse of this to like use it as a hammer? We're going to break stuff. Same thing with you. So here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some versions say, I do not want you to be ignorant. I like that better. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray by, to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, it's except by the Holy Spirit. Now, at first glance, you may say, okay, he's talking about gifts. He doesn't want us to be uninformed or ignorant. And then he, then he goes on to say, you're led astray by mute idols or two mute idols. And he wants us to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. It almost seems like he takes a left turn from gifts. But can I say one of the important rules when you start talking about gifts of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit uses you is this simple test. Is Jesus lifted up? Is Jesus exalted? I can always tell when someone's really being used by God and used in the gifts of the Spirit when they're talking about Jesus all the time. When they're glorifying Jesus, when they're talking about how Jesus saved them, how Jesus loves them, how Jesus is working in their life, what Jesus has already done for them, what he's going to do for them, how beautiful he is. When we are talking about Jesus as Lord and Jesus' glory and majesty and beauty and power, you're on track. Gifts always lead you to the message of Jesus, not away. The gifts aren't like an advanced level of Christian. No, the gifts take us to a place where we understand and look at the beauty of who Jesus is even more. So just know that anytime we're talking about the gifts, we don't say, oh, great, crossings is going to get sidetracked and weird. No. If you're operating in the gifts, you're, you're talking even more about Jesus. It leads you more to the cross. It leads you more to the resurrection. It leads you more to talk about his return and what he does in our lives and who we follow. It doesn't take us away. And, and Paul starts this way. I don't want you to be uninformed. The gifts take us to declaring Jesus' lordship, not away from it. So, moving on, verse 4, it says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So very simply stated, there are different gifts. Not everybody here has the same gift. Randy today led us in worship. He's got a gift for that. Not everyone has that gift. There are people that are going to, uh, that did technical this morning. Not everyone's got that gift. I promise you, if we put some of you on that soundboard, it would be awful right now. We'd be like, stop, don't touch. It's not your gift. 
They're different gifts, but the point is, God's at work. It's God that's at work. Gifts are never meant to be like, I got a gift, and I'm awesome. Wish you had a gift. As awesome as my gift. That's not the point. The, the point is, God's at work. Whether it seems to be a really cool gift that stands on the stage and is apparent, or a gift that's not seen, the point is, it's the same spirit. It's God at work in the individual. It's God's work, not our work. This tool never says, I'm amazingly awesome. I pull valves. No, it just pulls valves. It doesn't, doesn't get a brag. It's amazing how I, I've seen some people have different gifts in the body. And they think they're kind of awesome. I remember growing up in church and there would be people come in with different gifts. We had one guy that had, they said, the gift of discernment. And he would come into church and it was scary to be at church when this guy came in. So he'd come in and he'd stand up to preach and he'd go. He would just scan the crowd. And he had the gift where he could tell you what was going on in your life. He'd be someone here has got sexual sin. And I'd think, oh, dear God, don't lock eyes with me, please. Not that I had any, but it didn't matter. If he stopped and looked at you, you were definitely the pervert. (laughs) You can see why dudes just missed church when this guy was coming. I ain't going to church. It was awful. And we never talked about Jesus when he came. We were all just terrified he'd look at you. Because he had this certain gift and we just exalted this and kind of bragged about then there were other people like yeah i don't want to brag but i heal folks and i'd be like whoa that's not the attitude in this the attitude is this whether it's visible whether it's powerful whether it's unseen it's god's work it's god's gift it doesn't make you more special because god used you it just means god used you it belongs to him it's god at work okay let's go on Verse 5, or I'm sorry, verse uh, 7. It says, um, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, this says that gifts are given for the common good. Uh, We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to become witnesses to all the world. We should be telling the world about Jesus. We should be going to places like Indonesia and India and Mexico and Avondale and Goodyear and telling the world about Jesus. But when we're talking about the gifts amongst us in the church, it's for the common good. It's to build each other up. So gifts aren't about exalting people. It's about making all of us stronger. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the reason there are ministers isn't for pastors to say, hey, check me out, I've got a great gift. is isn't for evangelists to show off or teachers to highlight their gifts. It's so that the body of Christ can be built up until we reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain 
to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows, and check this out, and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So it's important to notice that as the body there are pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, you know, all these different offices. But there's also this place where we, with the gifts of the Spirit, build each other up. Gifts should be something we use in our lives to construct, never to tear down. How many of you have ever known the person that had the gift of criticism? <laughs> uh, they just, and, and here's how it's couched. I just have the gift of seeing problems with things. And when you're with them, their gift is like they're going to tell you every which way. Bam, 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 bam. That's not a gift. It doesn't build anyone up. Some of you are saying, oh, crud. Yes, oh, crud. We got to do some homework. He gives a list of gifts. Let's, let's go on. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. It says to one, there is given the through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. This is kind of a short list of gifts. Most of them are what we would call dramatic gifts or power gifts. How many love to have the gift of healing? Sounds fun, right? That's a real gift. There are people in the body of Christ that the Holy Spirit uses to pray and people are made well. Uh, gift of in, uh, distinguishing between spirits. Where people can just tell, like, oh, that's off. There's something off in that teaching or that spirit. Uh, gift of discernment. Gift of wisdom. There are some people that just have wisdom. You talk to them and they just... How many know someone like that? It just seems like if you bring something to them, they cut right to the core and they... and. Oftentimes, it's the Holy Spirit at work in their lives that gives them insight to a situation. And I love those people. I love to get with people that I sense have the gift of wisdom. Or uh, there are people that have uh, a gift of miraculous powers. Like, I want the person that prays for people and they get healed. I want them to pray for me when I'm sick. I want all of you to pray, but bring on the people that have a track record. <laughs> you know? Why? Because it seems as if the Holy Spirit's gifted them. Uh, now, if you go to uh, Romans chapter 12 and write this down, there's a bunch of other gifts listed. And these gifts are things like leadership, hospitality. Did you know that's a gift? How many have found some people that are really good at hospitality? Just good at it. I mean, like, we'll put the stench of dead bodies in our front room just so Lauren feels at home. 
Sorry, Cindy. Cindy's really bothered by that. <laughs> um, by the way, that's a lot funnier than you guys laughed about. Um, hospitality is a real gift. The gift of helps. These are equal. They're on par with the person that's going to pray for healing or speak in a tongue or interpret a tongue or have a gift of prophecy. The, the body of Christ needs every one of these. And there are people right here in this church. This small church is gifted, I would guarantee, with every one of those giftings right here. You're like, whoa, really? Yeah. But there's some rules to the road. We've already discussed a couple of them. What makes it healthy is the fact that we know that we know that we know that it always leads to the message of Jesus. If someone has a dramatic gift, it doesn't lead to exalt them. In fact, oftentimes we never even know they operated in it, but it leads to the glorification of who Jesus is. It leads to saying that God's at work, not someone else's at work. It should never say, wow, look, that person's awesome. It should be, wow, look at God move as these gifts are displayed. It should always lead to building up the body. Meaning that when gifts are in operation, people would leave church saying, you know what? I'm strengthened. I feel better about my walk with God. I'm encouraged to live a life that honors Him. Because why? The gifts are at work with humility and grace, understanding. It always leads to Jesus. always about Him. And He distributes them as He sees fit. And there's no gift more important and there's no gifting less important. They're all important. So, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11. It says, all these are one, all these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Like I said, God determines the giftings in this church. Now, there, there can be a disconnect, because I'm convinced some of you have not discovered your giftings. That's not bad, but it's true. How many would say you're not for sure what gifts that God's given you? It's not a shameful thing. It's, it's real. You're looking in your toolbox of life, and you're like, what is that widget for? It looks cool. It looks like it does something. But you assume that you're supposed to have the gifts that everyone else has, so I must have a hammer in my toolbox to fix this. You know how bad that water valve would have been if I went at it with a hammer? It'd be awful. You know how bad it would be if we sent in the uh, person with the gift of healing to the nursery? It might not work. Maybe it would. The point is, you all have gifts, and some of us need to discover what these are so you can use them. This week, I'd love for, we've done this before, but if you go to Men Tools, it's on your bulletin. So if you have your bulletins, pull these out. On the back, on the tear-off page, there's some challenges and I would love for everybody to fill this out. And you may say, okay, Trev, you're talking about this again. Yes, because half of you weren't here last week. 
you may say, why are you asking me to fill this thing out again? Trust me, it's for a good cause. Uh, we love to be able to pray for people that have prayer needs. We love to have you have some place for response so that if God's dealing with you and you're saying, yeah, I, I want to respond to this. I want to figure out my gifts. I feel like I need to weigh into the game. There's some place where you can say, I'm doing this. And then if we ask guests, if you're a guest here today, forgive me. You're about to be an insider like none other. Let's say you bring your friend to church, and we, we would love for them to fill out a card to say, I'm here, so we could send them a card to say thanks for coming and, and pray for them. But if we say, hey, if you're new here, get your card out and fill it out. How many just inside of you, when you hear someone do that to you, just say, uh-uh, I'm not filling my card out because no one else is. But if everybody's filling out a card, I'm much more likely to be like, eh, okay, I'll fill out my card. It just makes it easier, it does. Now, there's some of you that are totally rebellious and won't fill it out regardless. I understand. I still love you. <laughs> but help us out here. And prayer requests, we pray for every one of these. So one of the challenges is to go to mentools.org.com, rather, and fill out the spiritual gift survey. It may give you a clue as to your giftings. It's, it's not a long test, but it'll give you a clue to how you're gifted. I'm telling you, it's important enough to, to think about it and do some research and study. Um, second thing I would challenge you to do is go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, because we have the gifts talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We have the gifts again talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Right in the middle of these two chapters is chapter 13. And chapter 13 is known as the love chapter. And really, the gifts are controlled by a love for God, a love for people. And you can't really understand gifting in your life till you understand God's love. Do you know how radical it would be if every person in this church read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 every morning this week? It would be like revival broke out. I'm not kidding. It would be amazing. So I am challenging you, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 every morning. That's a challenge. If you're going to say, yeah, I'll do that. I want you to check that box, big and bold. I'm going to go for it. It will literally take you about five minutes a morning, but the results will be amazing. Use your gift. If you figure out what your gift is, use it to serve and love someone else this week. Don't use it to be like, I got the gift. No, that you missed the point if that's what you're doing. Use your gift to love someone this week. The closer they are to you, the better. So I would challenge you, fill these things out. Why do we take time to talk about giftings? It's important. We, this body needs you. We've been saying it's better with you. Last week we talked about this being like a stew. And just because you're here, you flavor this better. It's, this church is better because you're here. Some of you may say, well, man, I'm just like a garlic clove in that stew. Yeah, you're really tough to take by yourself, but in the stew, you're awesome. So you get here because we need you. This place tastes better with you. And I'm not kidding, it does. But we also need you to show up and start figuring out your gift. 
Because it's your giftings that will begin to build others up. It's your giftings that will help you understand what Jesus is doing in your life and help you grow in that. Next week in this bulletin, we're going to have areas that you can sign up for. And you can begin to sign up and say, yeah, I'm interested in greeting or a children's area or serving in technical or I'm interested in finding a place. Now, let me tell you one other thing about gifts as we go through this and you seek to use your giftings. Not all of our gifts are going to be used perfectly at first. Meaning this, there are going to be times where you launch into discovery to figure out what you're supposed to do. Like I found people that have said, well, my gift is X, Y, Z, and I don't see anywhere where I could do that. But there's a big need for someone to set up church or tear down or help in the nursery. Can I challenge you? Maybe you start in an area that you would say, oh, that's not my perfect gifting, but I found that if you find a place to serve, you start figuring your giftings out, and maybe you could use your gift in that area. Or maybe you might serve with greeting, and you said, I want to be a greeter. But you're so not a people person that after one time of greeting, you want to just tear your face off. You're like, oh, I hate it. Anxiety. Every time someone walks the door, hello. Oh, I'm dying on the inside. You could go to Shannon and say, no, not for me. And we're not going to be like, oh, yes, it is. No, no, we'll let you out. That's okay. We won't do that to you. But it's okay to discover and try to experiment and say, I'm going to figure out what my thing is. Through the years, I've done a lot of things that weren't my gift. But God blessed me immensely for doing it. Uh, Lauren said something yesterday uh, that kind of stood out to me. She came in and she's telling us how she ended up in Indonesia because I was fascinated. I kept saying, what do your parents think? (laughs) What do your parents think? And uh, she said, well, I was at college and Jamie Kemp, the missionary there, came and spoke. And he said, hey, give a year of your life to see if God would have you do more. And she says, well, I don't know if I was called to Indonesia. But she realized, I can volunteer. So she just said, I'll volunteer. Go see where I can help. It was in her volunteering that she realized she, in fact, had a call there. If she had never just said, eh, I'm going to volunteer, she would have missed out on something huge that God had for her life. Can I say that some of us here, you're going to look at where you can serve and be like, Can I just say, hey, throw it against the wall. See what sticks. You will get closer to doing what God has for you by doing something than by trying to find that perfect match. So that being said, as we close this morning, fill out your cards. Some of us, uh, Lauren's story touched you and you're like, I want to help this girl Get to Indonesia and serve and keep reaching these students. Um, she told us she's got a monthly budget to raise. It's like $2,500 a month for her to be on the field. Uh, she's at 65% of that already. Good job, Lauren. Going to little bitty churches all over the state of Arizona. I'm so impressed with her. I think crossings can help that. 
Uh, some of you may say, I want to give towards that. I, I think Lauren's the exact person Crossing Church looks for, by the way. She is the kind of person we want to get behind. Um, she also says, I have a cash budget I'm raising. I want to raise 11000 I'm like, for what? And she's raising money because there are a lot of college students that aren't right there in her city that she can get to and, and reach having extra funds. And I thought, how cool is that? To go say, I'll go stand in front of people I don't know to try to raise money to reach people that are away from my immediate city and my country. I'm like, that's heart, man. I, I, I love that kind of attitude. So if you want to give to her uh, when you leave, the baskets will be available. Drop off your cards uh, that we all filled out. <laughs> I know there's some rebels out there. And uh, if you have... If you want to give and you don't have the ability to, just write down, hey, this is something I want to do for Indonesia, or drop a check or whatever you have, drop in the basket as you leave. Um, guys, this family of God thing is worth doing. I believe with all my heart that we live in a last day. And we could foolishly build earthly sandcastles that we'll see washed away when the tide comes in. Or we could invest in things that Jesus said would never perish. And when you discover your giftings and you start using your time, your talent, and treasure for the kingdom of God, that's something that's safe. That's something that's rock solid, that'll be there forever. And I want us to leave here with just a conviction that, God, you're good. And you want me to use my life for you, especially in this day. In this day. God, use my life. Will you stand with me? Father, we thank you for um, the giftings you've placed in this church. Lord, you've placed within this church everything this body needs to impact this community, to impact the world that you lay in front of us, Lord. You've given us giftings and talents and resource. God, it all lies right here. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to your people and help us see that you're not looking for someone else. You're looking for us. Lord, use us, we pray. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Crossings Church Podcast. We meet at Desert Edge High School on the northwest corner of Yuma and Estrella Boulevard in Goodyear, Arizona. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1030. Do you have kids? Bring them to our kids service at 1030 a.m. You can find us at www.crossingschurchaz.org. Thank you for listening to this week's message. God bless and have a great week.